0: Hi, I'm Michelle.
1: And I'm Steve. And this is a podcast for creatives. Two friends talking about the complex, messy, and beautiful experience that is being a creative.
0: A while back, I think this was now maybe over a month ago, you shared this thought with me and you texted it to me. And the way that it was presented made me feel like it was a quote that you read somewhere because it sounded like really smart. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. It could not have possibly come from your mind.
1: <laughs> no way in hell that it came from my mouth. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but it did, and and it it really uh, resonated with me. And I'll read it. It goes like this: They're not as obsessed with the consumption as you are with the production. And now that I know that it did come from me, I'm wondering if this was like a uh, <laughs> you're trying to like. S- be a nice friend but like in a in a subtle way or the way I interpreted that quote was you can care a lot about what it is that you're creating or what it is that you're making but it's really important to remember that you're always going to care more than everyone else's. That and not to make that sound depressing I think that it's a healthy thing but it's something that can be lost once we get to work. So where did this, where did this thought come from?
1: Um, it didn't really come from any, any one source. I think I've, you know, I work with a lot of people in creative, so you, you tend to be involved with them in their process. And, you know, there's been a series of moments where, I, you know, I've been witnessing, you know, people on on, on my team maybe getting a little bit too Uh, In the weeds on the way something looks or it's laid out or and I don't think there's harm in that because it shows the passion, you know, that you have for what you're doing. I think that's sort of the, the catch 22 in this process. But, you know, it just feels sometimes like sometimes the most polished pieces get the least engagement or interaction or connection with an audience. And I think in your mind, you're just like, well, what am I supposed to do? Just slap something together and throw it up there and a go against what I believe from a, from a design standpoint, but b like, you know, just completely change my approach to things. And I don't think it's necessarily one end of the spectrum or another, like perfectly designed piece or crap. Um, I I think what, what tends to happen is, is that we always start with the same question of like, who's your audience and what do they need to know? And we clearly define that at the outset. And then somewhere along the way, I think what happens sometimes is, is that either that gets out of focus or we we forget about it because we pour ourselves into the design element of things. And I think the truth is is that you know your your audience, specifically on social, just because of the way the platforms are, you know, built, they don't care uh, I think how much time you spend on on these assets. Like they don't care if it's polished. Um, they don't care necessarily how it was made. Those details I don't think really matter to them. I think they, they, they care about whether or not the piece that they're looking at is compelling and that it, that it pulls to them, that it has that sort of that, that, that heartstring attachment. And I think that is right there in and of itself the hard part about being in a creative industry because it seems so simple. Like we said, just put something together that's down and dirty, that tells your message and gets out. And that's that. But that's very hard, I think, for people in our, in our industry.
0: Oh, this is like, this is like hitting in so, in so many different areas <laughs> for me. Also, I feel like every designer listening to this is going to want to punch you, but that's yeah. all right. We're going to come up with a good solution together. It won't be the first time that
1: I've been punched <laughs> before. So. Uh,
0: oh, where to start? All right. Uh, First, I'm going to just give the example that I've been saying to all of my creative friends, which is, it seems as though every time I put the time and thought into creating a really, what I think is a great reel for Instagram, it falls flat. And anytime I post something that is on the fly takes a minute or two those seem to perform really well and I think the reason it sucks so much isn't because you're because I'm thinking oh no one's appreciating this beautiful thing that I made but I think there's another layer in there and it's that I love the craft and the creativity of putting something like that together. And if no one's responding to that, it makes me feel like I can't do that thing or that thing that I want to do has no value, is a waste of my time. And it's almost like it's like someone taking away your favorite hobby. And I know that that's me giving power to a platform and and the situation, but... I do think that it's it's really like those two parts. It's like why doesn't anyone like this and then like oh no what I do is not valued.
1: Right. It makes you feel like shit and then I think it kind of messes the way with the, the how you approach your creative process sometimes because you're you constantly feel like you're searching or you're fishing, and, you know, versus knowing exactly where you you need to go. And I think, you know, Knowing what matters to to your audience versus knowing what matters to the creative is a really hard lesson to to understand. And I struggle with that a lot. I think you and I have had a lot of moments with this podcast where, you know, I'll say to you, like, oh, I think this is a really good cut. Or you'll say to me, like, oh, I think this piece would make a really good piece of social content. And, I'm, and I'll look at it and I'm like, I think you and I think this is hysterical, <laughs> but I don't know if this is going to, like... And it's like, and it and it's and it's hard because like, it's hard to get into our audience's head, even though I think we have a good understanding of why we're why they follow us. Um, versus like, we think we have something good, and are we just cutting it for our own amusement? Because I think there are times we do things to you know to show who we are as human beings. I think that's really important in any type of you know personal branding or or, or you know small type branding you know function. But when it comes to like you know, representation of of, of of companies or brands on on social, you know, the audience follows you know, you for a reason. And when you can clearly identify that and let that be sort of the guiding light and almost get out of the way of it, meaning your own beliefs, your own, this is what I want to kind of put into this. Um, I think that is the, the easiest and the hardest thing to do all at once, because I certainly, I I, I struggle with that. Like, you know, you get time limits on posts, but nobody really cares if it's a certain time limit, right? You get, you know, you get, you get spatial things, but you can also design some, some level of a carousel, which actually gives you more space. Like there's ways around things that give you what you ultimately, what you want out of the engagement. But oftentimes, like, I think we get lost in the design component of it.
0: I don't want to go too far down this road. I feel like this could probably be a a separate episode, but I do think that it is worth mentioning. When you brought up, sometimes we just, I mean, with the example of the podcast, we'll put together a clip that you and I think is funny, kind of knowing that, like, maybe someone else will think this is funny, but probably not. But if we got enjoyment out of that moment and then the time we took to, to put it together... There is value in that um, and that can be applied to anyone who's doing anything that they feel like is like just for them or maybe just for them and a friends or family or whatever. But you have to acknowledge that and not put that expectation on yourself or your audience or set yourself up to feel like a failure when like maybe the objective was just to like have fun in that moment.
1: I remember working this is a a strict like public relations example but i remember working uh for a school district early on in my career that um was was oftentimes there's a a a ranking system that uh, a local publication does up here in the capital region each year and for some districts i think it's a big deal uh certainly was for for one that i was in and uh when i had got to the district the year before, they were the the top ranked district in the region up here, and um, they had been that top ranked district a handful of times over the course of five years. And I remember in in press releases back when we were writing those more regularly or or, or outward facing publications, it was really important to the superintendent to be to indicate that somewhere in there, almost like it was boilerplate language that you know. XYZ, I'm not going to name the name, but, you know, was was the top ranked school district two times, the number two, three times. And and like I remember being like this has nothing to do with what we're talking about in the press release, let alone I'm not sure people really care about it. Like if, if you're sending your kids to that school, if you're living in this community, maybe that does re- resonate somewhat with you. But I don't think that's the driving force. Usually it's. Is my kid happy? Is my kid get is my kid making friends? Does he have a good relationship with his teachers? Is he enjoying? Is she enjoying the the opportunity of being, you know, all of those things? So like I I sort of like I was exhausted almost by the end of that year because of how often I had to have this conversation of like, this isn't needed, because it was just satisfying you know, the superintendent or, you know, I think sometimes in our case, like a, a creative director, a com- somebody who's pushing for something that doesn't need to be there because it's not going to resonate or matter to the audience.
0: It's such a, it's such a delicate balance of figuring out wanting to do what you want to do using your creative gifts, but then also making sure that you're getting to the point. And the reason I said, oh, this is hitting in like in so many different areas for me and my work is because, I mean, we just talked about this before we started recording. And, you know, my my audience knows I'm still plugging away at trying to get my book published. But what I've been working on most recently has been refining my query letter which is essentially like a cover letter but when it comes down to it it's it's a pitch a lot of these agents will never read even a page of what I wrote until they think that what I'm pitching is is worthwhile and uh, this is not something that I'm skilled in it's not something that I've had training in but I am learning so much about being really, really clear and I should have, and and I'm now like, I'm editing my words. I just use like three reallys. I shouldn't have even used used one really. It's (laughs) get to the point that, I mean, that's what I keep saying to myself over and over again. Get to the point in the simplest, most direct way. And I think it's in an unfortunate way, this is becoming an essential part of how we share our work. I mean, I to me it's it's becoming an art form and that is the creative challenges, like the editing, no matter what it is, design, writing. I I, I wish that like every person who worked in a creative field like had to go to design school. And maybe they, they teach this in, in other programs, but I fe- I'm seeing the ground floor principles of design really apply to like every part of creative work which is how can you communicate this with using the absolute least amount of elements to get your point across that that is that is when it comes down to it like
1: yeah that's the goal isn't everything design like isn't everything that everything is designed but everything is designed with the intention of creating a better experience and like everyone has seen that, I'm sure you have. Like you've seen that um, example that's shared, where it's like it's like a quad, um, you know, like a campus quad or something like that. And there are sidewalks perfectly laid out, groomed with flowers, connecting between the buildings and whatnot. And in the middle of the campus, on a diagonal, there's a worn-out path where people have walked across the grass over and over and over again. And the question is always. Why aren't people walking on the perfectly groomed sidewalks with the flowers and the aesthetics, the way the designer wanted it to be, because this is the easier way to get from here to there.
0: I've never so seen like, that.
1: Yeah. So like that path is an easier way. So if you really want to do it the right way, you should have friggin laid the path from here to there, as opposed to this entire, because that's, what's easier for these. That's what matters to them is getting the easiest way to get from point A to point B. Everything is design where we get into trouble I think sometimes is is that we're laying sidewalk and flowers around things to make things look great when really people just want to go here. It's hard to remember that though. It's hard to design for that though. That does come with knowing your audience and why they're there and what they want. But I think sometimes it's hard for us because you, you go through the design process from, from learning it, you know, in school to how you evolve as a designer and a creative and you feel like no it has to be this way this is this is you know this is what needs to be done and i think what we're learning is is that everything that has been built with design and i'm sure that this is happening in other elements of our world but specifically with social a lot of it is being undone and you're almost getting back down to bare bones if you look at the type of videos that exist on like tiktok like they're not well produced doesn't matter though so
0: we started something new i'm usually going to you with ideas so i think i was so excited that i barely listened to what you said and i was like you know what sure let's do it
1: could have said anything <laughs> right there at that point in time couldn't i have? michelle and i grew up in the 90s and we've noticed i think over the years that a lot of the uh, references that we end up dropping in our podcast end up coming from that period in our childhood we were a tv generation so We remember a lot of these offbeat commercials and a lot of these things that um, were a part of our childhood. And I thought it would be fun to kind of like look back at them we don't really watch commercials anymore in in this day and age. You know, ads are usually something that we're doing anything that we could possibly do to skip over. Funny commercials or, or commercials at memorable jingles have stayed with us over the years. Uh, and this platform, this this commercial breakdown show, gave us the opportunity to bring some of them back and you know relive a few of these moments with with all of you and you know reflect fondly on them.
0: So if you get a chance go into one of our pod for creative social profiles or go to our website and look for commercial breakdown which is the name of our show i time this it takes literally four seconds of your time subscribe to our youtube channel and hit that thumbs up button if you have a friend or a sibling or someone um, that you remember talking to about the commercials that that we're showcasing, certainly anywhere where you can share it, we would really appreciate it.
1: You raise a question or you raise a point that has led me to a question, which is, do do people care about brands the way that we hope they do? Those of us running those brands, those brands, social, somewhere behind it from a PR, marketing, design, whatever. Does our audience, even though they're following us and we always say they're following you for a reason do they care about it the way that we hope they care about it? I think that's the, the, in many ways, the crux of this. It's, it's, it's not just knowing your audience and why they're like knowing who they are, but it's almost about like, why do they care about you? Like, what is it about you that appeals to them? And that answer might vary widely based on what you do and who your audience is and what their, what their makeup is. But I, I, I think that, I mean, that's my question that I'm posing. Do you think they care about us as brands the way that we hope they do?
0: No. I, I mean, it's a depressing answer, but it's absolutely no. They don't, I mean, they don't care about, this sounds really mean in my head, but like, no, no one really cares specifically about you. They care about the way that you're making them feel. So even if it feels like you're getting a response that makes you feel like someone likes you or likes what they're doing what's really happening in that transformation is that they're seeing something in you that they relate to that makes them think about themselves in a positive way it's almost like a a reflection and i don't you know i don't like to think about that too much because it does feel it doesn't feel good but I think that we need to have an awareness of it because then it can help us better position our messaging going back to like getting to the point but getting to the point as it relates to them.
1: Yeah, it's it's almost being proactive in in your approach and I like it's funny how being being a parent, you know, by no means do uh that <laughs> does, does it does it completely jive with what we're talking about but you know, you can't, you can't force something that's not clicking, right? I can't, I can't keep doing the same thing over and over again with, you know, raising a kid if it's not clicking. And I think that's sort of like, in many ways, it's the message point. It's, it's understanding like his, in this case, my son's needs. And then how can I deliver that, um, based on what I ultimately need to accomplish, what we want to accomplish out of this, um, it's hard. I mean, it's exhausting. I'm talking about it from a parent standpoint. like it's also exhausting from from a brand standpoint that you know, you go to you go to school, you get your training in in design or creative or you know, whatever. And like you almost have to sort of like couch it because, it's not what necessarily even though it matters even though the creative is really the thing that like you know should be should be driving the boat it's got to almost ride side saddle to expectations
0: i think the parenting example was was great because you know obviously your son is going to love you no matter what but think about the way that you interact with him and especially at the age that he is now you could completely be yourself and do all the things that just that you want to do that you're interested in in which would have nothing to do with like kids shows or toys or you know activities and he might be along for the ride and I know that you guys have some overlap like he likes watching sports with you and and playing ball and whatnot but you adapt your messaging you adapt the way that you communicate with him to fulfill his needs and in his style as a kid like you don't talk to him the way that you would talk to an adult you engage in activities with him that are to his liking and I think that that's that's a great analogy for us to to think about when we're doing our work is like in your case it's it's your son but in our case is like who is that other person and are we putting like the expectation on them that they should like to like hear and experience everything in the exact way that we prefer it
1: yeah no i think i think what you're saying makes sense i i think this goes back to that 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 lesson you know like that we were kind of saying where like this is this is the frustrating part but in many ways if you're experiencing this and it's easy to say it it's harder to do it so i think it's one thing that like you have to remember about this is progress like it's not going to be a complete light switch flip that this is this is the frustrating part but it should you should feel we should try to feel okay about this we should try to feel a more sense of freedom with this because if if we know that they're not going to obsess about the way something you know how long something took to design or or how intricate the the thought process went into certain things those finite details if we know that they're not going to care if we nailed the aesthetic on on a design or something like that it's really frustrating because we know how much time we poured into it but if you know that and you can still accomplish what it is you're setting out to to do that's where the freeing piece i feel like comes in it's it, it's about it's about spending those moments where you're obsessing over things. It's trying to obsess over getting things right versus like obsessing over the, the, the wrong things. And I guess like the definition is like, you know, what are the wrong things? I mean, like if that's, if that's it, like to me, it's those pieces that you're that you're you're spending hours on trying to line something up or get this thing get this 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 effect to come in just right. I know. I know. You've worked with me before. <laughs> I know. I know. And I've also learned so much from you that like it's it's painting me because I I'm one honestly. I I I have been on a big social copy crusade of late, like really kind of obsessing over like how you're writing things, why you're writing this, the certain way, what do people need? You know, like, and, and I pour a lot of my time into like the right social copy and or into social copy. And sometimes I need to just pull back for a second. And, 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 you know, this is supposed to be a light medium. You want to write things like you're texting your friends. You want to write things that are very, you know, breathable and and it's two-way it's not it's not talking at somebody it's 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 a conversation so like form your you know like you're you're thinking about how you're writing copy off of that and lately it's been coming a little bit more easily for me not that it never not that it comes easy but like it's better because i'm not obsessing over you know the structure of it how it looks upon layout how the no one's caring about it that much so why should i you know, like that, that's not the purpose. It's not the purpose. It's its what they're getting out of it.
0: And I, I think that either way, it's a creative challenge. It's just about maybe reframing it. Um, I keep probably to an unhealthy degree. Anytime that I post a, a reel, I go and look at the way that it performed in comparison to all the reels that i have shared which has not been very many because again like i i've seen that the payoff is not worth my time and because we also have the benefit of having access to our podcast uh instagram account i go and look at the numbers there and at the time that we're recording this to this date the most successful reel that i have been a part of Was the video that we posted of you knocking over your mic, which was like a very, it was a real unscripted human moment and me laughing at it. And I think it's maybe what, like six seconds, seven seconds. It's, it's it's a really, it's a short, it's a short video. We don't say anything. We don't share anything profound. um, And it took us a few minutes to put it together and post it. And I love that we have that because every time I look at it, it's a great lesson for me, which is our job
1: and people falling over will always be hysterical.
0: <laughs> well, absolutely that. <laughs> well, let's incorporate like we'll workshop some like banana peels situations yeah, that we can, you can do any Three Stooges yeah. <laughs> content
1: in a podcast. That's comedy gold right there.
0: Um, but our jobs at the end of the day, as any kind of artist or creative person is to make someone feel something and often it is in those really tiny moments and I think where we really should be putting our creative energy is figuring out which of those is the best and whittling it down. Um, so that there's no confusion. Like, there, there was no confusion as to, like, what that video was. It's you showing up, knocking over your mic, and me laughing at it. Like, that's, that's it. it. And and someone is, is watching that saying, like, oh, my God, like, I'm clumsy too. Or, like, that's totally something that would happen to me. And, like, I imagine that the reason that that perform- performed so well is because it, like, it brought even, like, a second of joy to someone's life in the same way that like on my Instagram feed, the videos that have performed the best are me walking out onto the, onto the beach. It's, it's just a song and a little video of of me walking. And I have to think that someone in, in those moments watching that is feeling, you know, a moment of peace. So I think it's all about having, coming at our work from that perspective in how do i want this person to feel when they experience this and what is the most direct way to make them feel that
1: yeah i love that there's uh when when we had um uh Grossi pelosi when we had dan on uh not too long ago i think he was talking about how his uh most engaged with content is usually has something to do with sauce um the making of it laid out, whatever. Like, I believe that's what he said. At least Uh, that's what I remember. You can correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong on that. I can't
0: remember, but maybe it's just, I mean, sauce is so important to us and we're we're always sharing sauce content with each other, like privately.
1: (laughs) No. And I think that's right. A lot of sauce (laughs) content going back and forth on the Twitter. I mean, on the uh, text threads, but, um, but I also think there was a reason for that. It's because it's something that's like identifiable. Most people, like pasta. Um, you know, even if you're, even if you're gluten-free, there's options for you. Right. So like most people identify with that, identify with sauce and it's something where you can usually place yourself somewhere. Um, having it, it's a memory, it means something. So I think that's why something like that resonates for the same reason. A lot of your beach content resonates for the same reason, something funny resonates with, with an audience. Like all of those things have a common thread. It's making people feel a certain way, um, to your point, and I think that's sort of like, I think that's the message out of all of this is like, you know, we can spend hours scrutinizing over things, and sometimes it's worth it. A lot of times, it's it it, it can lead to wasted effort um, and frustration um, because it's being served up on a platform that is quick I mean that that the video of me knocking the mic stand over wasn't like there wasn't a stinger on the front of it with our logo and this that and then getting it like it it was just it went right into it and we got right out of it because that's really what it was sometimes you have that opportunity sometimes it involves a little bit more of a build but we wanted to make people laugh feel something see it for what it was um and I think that's the message out of this is You know, focus in on your audience, focus in on why they're following you. What do they need to hear? And then don't lose sight of that while you're building. Because when the feeling and the expectation matches the intent of the creation, that's when you have that perfect marriage. If you've enjoyed this episode, help us spread the word on social media. Tag us at Pod4Creatives and let us know what stood out to you. Uh, I was going to ask you before you got off. Mm -hmm. No, no ring light this time. Set it against it. No,
0: I do have it on. I, okay. I lowered. Back? I lowered the brightness, and I also have my umbrella light.
1: Yes, I can see the umbrella light. I'm not, I can't see it. I can see the reflection. Yeah. Yes. But.
0: Um. Because I almost was like, oh, I'm gonna do away with it because I feel like in the grossy episode, I look very like, I'm like smooth, but like very like like porcelain like
1: doll like. Right? Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Right.
0: I'm glad you understand. I don't like it. Yeah, so I'm like, all right, I'll give it another go. I fiddle with the settings a little bit. I brought this in so it's not just like this, like a spotlight, and we'll, we'll yeah. see how this
1: looks in the. No, it does look good. It looks. But, it looks more more natural.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't. But like I, I couldn't said, tell I if you had
1: it on or not. So, but yeah. it looks good. Okay, good. I watched uh, the other, was it not last weekend, the weekend before. I had Jaws on, and. Uh, I love Clint's, uh, his, uh,
0: I don't know. I've, I've only seen jaws once and not in its entirety. Cause I saw it at the drive-in and then I fell asleep in the car.
1: <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Cause I, I you got I don't know if you're ever going to see this on your own, unless you look it up. All right. I'm going to share this cause I want you to see this. Okay. Um, it's four minutes. We can enjoy this together. Okay. This seems like a good use of time. <laughs>
0: This'll went down in 12 minutes. Didn't see the first shark for about half an hour. Tiger, 13 footer, you know? You know that when you're in the water, Chief, you tell by looking from the dorsal to the tail. You know the thing about a shark, he's got lifeless eyes, black eyes, like a doll's eyes. So are you comparing me to having dead eyes like a shark?
1: No, when you brought up the word doll-like, my mind always, anytime I hear the word doll, my mind goes right to that that line where he's like, you know, he's got lifeless eyes, you know, black eyes, like a doll's eyes. Like, I've never heard anything so well described before, so on point. Like, they really are lifeless eyes until Mm -hmm. they, you know, like he says, until they bite India. Yeah. And I believe if my if my research on this, as I've watched this over the years, is right, I think he did that drunk um, on purpose because that's like he also had a drinking problem. But I believe he did that that entire scene completely like inebriated to be able to do it the right way. And yeah, but I love the last line. Anyway, we delivered <laughs> the bomb. <laughs>